all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. So we're talking about praise, something we all crave, but what's too much and what's not enough? What about praise in the workplace? Is it given to and frequently? Do you think children maybe receive praise when they shouldn't? So today we'll talk about the purpose of praise and how we could all do a better job of doling it out. We'll be talking about praise for children, at home, for your significant other maybe. And then I want to talk about praise in the workplace. I think that this is a very important time for us to talk about positive ways to motivate people. You know, we, we've talked a lot about bullying and how maybe sometimes it makes you afraid in the workplace or afraid at home or afraid at school. But to see the good in other people and the good that they do and to do what we can do to reinforce it is clearly a better way, right? So it's better for children's growth and development. It's better for your spouse or your significant other's self-esteem and reinforcement to do what is helpful to you. It's better for self-worth. And it's better for all of us in the workplace. If you are in a place where you feel unappreciated, perhaps you're not going to work as well or feel as loyal. And we'll talk about that. There's actually some research out there that absolutely says that's true. But now all praise isn't good praise. It needs to be sincere and it needs to be specific. And if it's used constantly, then it feels insincere. So it shouldn't be used constantly, but it should be used consistently. And there's a difference in that, obvious. And we can talk about that as we move along. What is what is constant? What is too much? So we'll talk about that um, as we move through this today, this show for the next hour. But as always, I'll tell you, my listeners, that you make the show by contributing your thoughts and your experiences. So I want you to join in. Um, I'll set the stage for what we're talking about and then jump in and give us examples. How were you praised as a child? How do you praise now? Do you have, if you have children and if you don't, how do you um, impart that praise? How do you dole it out on others? And do you ever think about praising that significant other in your life? 
just a question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. I love this quote. Um, Mary Kay Ash, who was a founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics, you know, the pink cars, the pink Cadillacs. She said there are two things that people want more than sex and money, and that's praise and recognition. Praise for what you've accomplished and recognition for what you've accomplished. And I thought that was a pretty good quote for us to sort of think about. So one thing, and, and I will say I've been guilty of this, um, sometimes doling out the non-specific praise. So probably the most common praise you hear parents um, give out or teachers or coaches um, is when someone says, good job, good job, way to go, nice job, that's great. Okay, that sounds wonderful and maybe in very limited amounts it's okay but let's talk about why um, good job may not be the best praise. Some professionals say that it's kind of lazy praise and maybe um, not very worthy praise. Um, and it may be harmful if you use it all the time. So if you think about the overall purpose of praise, it's to encourage children, adults, whoever in your life to engage in positive behaviors that you like, right? Um, so um, if you think about that and you say good job because it's not specific, non-specific, it really doesn't tell children what they did well. For example, if they're on the soccer field and um, they didn't pass a ball in the field when they were supposed to, and they, they didn't do something, but then they scored a goal. Um, of course, everyone says, good job, way to go, when the reality of it is maybe they weren't playing the game like the coach taught them to play, they scored, but there were still some deficiencies there. So um, great goal. Um, maybe one thing to say and then to talk about them later about the point that perhaps they should have passed or done some other things. Um, Michelle, uh, you have a comment about good job. Why don't you jump in and, and say um, what you just said to me? Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Sometimes I feel that when people do the generic praises, good job, I feel mm -hmm. that they're being condescending. Now, they mm -hmm. very well may not be, but that's how it comes across to me. If a person constantly says, like you said, a nonspecific, generic, good job, way to go. Um, but the consistency and constant, I like that as well. If someone is always saying that, it does take the validity from it. It takes it away. And you wonder how sincere they are. Yeah, yeah. So it it starts falling on deaf ears. And we'll talk about how it can really, especially in children, it can really backfire. But even in adults, there's some research out there that says if the praise is um, sort of nonspecific and it occurs 
over and over again, then it truly is not a motivator. Um, so I, I thought as we talk, I'm, I'm sort of moving through talking about children and then we'll talk about it in the workplace. And, and I'd love for our listeners to call in. And, and Michelle, thank you for being with me and being a wonderful producer, by the way. Um, I think sometimes I just jump in and ask you a question and forget to tell everybody that Michelle McAdoo is here with me, my awesome producer. Well, so. you know, I really appreciate that. And um uh, and it's funny, you know that the person appreciates you, but you mentioned something earlier about spouse and relationships. And it mm-hmm. hit me that just say your husband cuts the grass every Saturday and that's a given and you cook dinner and, you know, gender roles have changed dramatically. So maybe you cut the grass you and cut your, the grass. <laughs> your <Yeah>. husband cooks <laughs> dinner, but whatever the case, it wouldn't hurt to go out in the yard and say, wow, honey, the yard looks great. You did a good job on the yard this week. And I know it sounds funny because he always cuts the grass. But like you just said, it does make a difference when we acknowledge what someone does, even if they do it every day. Uh, Acknowledge them and let them know that we actually appreciate them cutting the grass and making the house look nice. So listeners, what do you think? Do you remember being praised as a child? How did that feel? Or were your parents such that they didn't believe in praise? Give us a call at 1-877-672-7464. That's 1-877-MPB-RING. So, you know, I I think um, we, for so many years, there was so much focus on self-esteem that maybe that self-esteem movement overly crazed kids so when we get back listeners we'll talk more about this and what you think this is relatively speaking we're talking about how to dole out praise in an effective great manner that doesn't fall on deaf ears (laughs) this is relatively speaking we'll be right back I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and here with Michelle McAdoo, my producer, and we're talking about praise, Um, how it can be used in a positive way when it's too much, when it's insincere, um, when perhaps you may be praising the wrong thing. So research has shown that how you praise your children has a powerful influence on their development. And some researchers found that children who were praised for their intelligence as compared to their effort became overly focused on the results. 
So it seemed that if failure happened, children praise for their just being smart rather than being persistent or staying with something showed less persistence and less enjoyment and perhaps became afraid that if they failed at something, it meant that they weren't smart. So just a thought. We're going to go jump to the phones. We have John in Columbus who's going to join the conversation. Hi, John. Thanks for calling. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. How are you? Uh, doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to chime in a little bit here. I'm an 80s baby. I uh, grew up mm -hmm. during uh, you know the, the Reagan time period and went to school in the 90s. And uh, just sort of speaking to the... Uh, the point you were bringing up about, you know, too much praise and maybe, I guess, overconfidence building is that, and probably a lot of 80s and 90s babies that are listening can probably say the same thing. Uh, we were told we could do anything. Uh, we were told we could do anything and everything. We could be the absolute best that we could be and that we were, you know, by our nature as Americans and, you know, uh, uh, that we were, uh, we were uh, overqualified, I guess, for everything. And so we were very... Uh, I would say overpraised because then when we became adults and got into college and got careers and jobs and whatnot, you know, we found out, you know, there are other people from other places that do what we do and can possibly do them better. And, uh, mm -hmm. of course, the, the downside is whatever business that you're going into, they might be able to find someone who can do what you're doing as good as you're doing for less money. And a lot of times that's the bottom line, you know, for, for companies and businesses. And so I think people of my generation in their late 20s, mid 30s and whatnot, maybe suffer from a bit of uh, over buoyancy from what we were told, <laughs> what we were promised and, you know, basically what we could do. And it was a very difficult adjustment, you know, to get into real life and find out I wasn't you know, entirely the bee's knees, as everyone was saying that I was, and it was a, uh, it, it was sort of a coming down period. It was a, uh, you know, sort of uh, coming back down to earth and getting some realization and perspective. So I think uh, I, I don't know if that's being echoed in today's society with kids that are elementary school age and and, and junior high school age and whatnot. Uh, with political correctness and whatnot, I don't know if we're getting back into that trend of of being mm -hmm. overpraised. So. Yeah. Oh, gosh, John, thank you. You're bringing up some wonderful points and you're exactly right. It was in the 80s when everything was about a child's self-esteem. And so praise was very important. Praise almost indiscriminately about everything, saying you're the best, you're the smartest, you're the prettiest. And, and, you know, focusing on things that really children had no control over, because if they weren't the smartest, they didn't have any control over their intelligence. Or if they weren't really pretty, and they thought that mom said I'm the best singer in the world, or I'm the prettiest thing in the world, and I am, you know, focused on, apparently that was not always the right thing to do. Because what we find, have found is that, just like you said, um, people get out into the real world and all of a sudden there's this rude awakening that, um, that perhaps I'm, I'm not qualified for the best job. Maybe I need to step down, learn in the workplace, and then be able to step up. And, you know, there's been some thought 
and controversy about whether or not we're mispreparing our children. That might not be a word, mispreparing. Not preparing our children appropriately for life because we're telling them that they should be able to jump into the workplace and be able to tell everybody else what to do. When in the reality of it is that you got to start somewhere and sometimes starting as as a server or starting as an office worker who's not in charge of people is where they need to start. And um, so I, I think you've, you've set the stage um, in a great manner, especially, uh, for one, I appreciate you calling in because it sounds like, you're, are you doing well now, John? Did you find that things worked out well for you? Uh, it's taken some adjustment, but yes, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a work in progress. You know, life mm-hmm. is always a work in progress. Yeah. But hopefully um, those who grew up in the 80s, um, I grew up before that, but those who grew up in the 80s perhaps are learning that that was not the correct way to be. And so that that now as parents are doing better. But I thank you for calling in and and talking about that, because that's exactly um, what we're talking about, praising individuals when Instead of praising effort, um, I love the way you stuck with that. I love the way you took on that job and tried your hardest. Maybe it didn't turn out to be the best product, but at least you tried hard and you gave it your all. That's what you want to reinforce. All right. We're going to stay on the phones. Thanks, John. Good luck. Um, we're going to go to Dennis from Ocean Springs. Hi, Dennis. Thanks for calling. Hi, Dylan. Uh, Great. Yeah, <laughs> couple of couple of comments, please. I agree with the gentleman that just called from the 1980s. I, I thought that was great. I've kind of had an opportunity to observe things from two different perspectives. I had a 25-year career in the Air Force, and then I taught high school for 15 years here in Mississippi afterwards. And I've, you know, kind of observed over the years what what makes a successful officer and what doesn't. And uh, it was never the, the, you know, I know how to get straight A's and I was perfect in school. It was what I called the grinders. You know, I might not be the brightest, mm-hmm. but I don't give up. I don't look for the easy way out. And boy, that's the guy you want on your team is is the person that, that doesn't give up. Now, you know, fast forward to when I was teaching high school, I got into some trouble with some parents sometimes because, you know, not everybody gets a straight A, not everybody. Right. And, you know, and my tests actually, you know, you actually had, you didn't just memorize a study guide and spit it all back and get an A. I said, well, we all know how to do that. And everybody smiles. And Mr. Sanders is a great teacher. It doesn't mean anything. Some, you know, some, and sometimes they need to hear that, you know, you don't abuse kids, but this isn't going to cut it. This isn't, this isn't effective because when they get out in the real world, when they get into the Air Force and they screw something mm-hmm. up on an airplane and the airplane falls out of the sky, it's, it's a phone call for mom isn't going to help anymore. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah, I just I, I, I really liked I really liked what he was saying. And I just, you know, I, you, you don't abuse people, but if it's unacceptable, it's unacceptable. My school district, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up after this. My school district recently lowered 
I'm retired now, but they lowered the passing grade to uh, 60. You know, a, a D used to be mm-hmm. a 70, and then they lowered it to 60. And I really got angry, uh, I remember, in there. And I said, well, you know, first off, most teachers out there, if the kid doesn't throw rotten tomatoes at you, and, he's, you know, you're going to figure out a way to give the poor kid a D. But a 60 just meant lowering it. You know, you're just lowering the standard more. And my my response was, you you couldn't keep a job at McDonald's if you got the order right only 60% of the time. So since when did that become a standard? So, you know, I think there's some instances. I think there's some institutional problems there, too, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Dennis, yeah. That's, you, you know, I wondered why we lowered the scores in some schools. I know um, the Gulf Coast wasn't the only area. There were several that did decide that 60 would be a passing grade. If, if the majority of kids are, are not passing, it means something's wrong with the test or something's wrong with the teacher. But if you have a, a good test, a good teacher, then you should expect 70% to be a score of correct that is is a passing grade. I think I thought that before. And, you know, I, you know, in medical school, typically they're not grades like that. But the reality, uh, you put it in good words. You can't keep a job if you only get things right 60% of the time. So what you need to do is is look at it that way. The other thing I wanted to emphasize that you said, Dennis, before we move on, and I really appreciate your call, is, is what you said about the grinders, the people who really go after it and work hard, and you can see there's a huge effort. Those are the people who are going to succeed the most, and that's the skill set that we should um, praise. Um, give a reward, give a praise, and we can talk about reward later, but even verbal praise alone often is all that individuals who feel like they've made a good effort will, will continue. That'll reinforce that kind of effort. And I'll say that if you look in the, you know, I teach at the medical center. If you look at um, what we see in in the medical center, it's not always the person who scores hundreds on tests or gets everything right or scores the highest score on some national exam. It's the people who work the hardest, who have the best people skills, who know how to take care of others. So um, I, we see that in every, every area of life. So, Dennis, you brought up several things. Thanks for teaching. We need more men in the teaching field. So we appreciate you being there. All right, let's move. Uh, if okay, um, we're going to stay on the phones. We have Jim from Hattiesburg. Hi, Jim. I'm calling because uh, I heard your, your other caller from uh, the, the so-called 80s baby and uh-huh. it got me thinking, and uh, the the people born in that period, which I'm one of, um, it was the last generation to grow up without the Internet. And what I realized is, um, you know, back in the day, you know, there were a couple of standardized tests and a couple of things where you could see where you rank in the grand scheme of things. But mm-hmm. nowadays, children growing up today, and I was a preschool teacher for a couple of years, uh, 
and even at that age, from a very early age, they can see exactly where they rank in all of these different areas that in the old days, people were just like, well, am I normal? Am I exceptional? <laughs> uh, everything, w- whether it's data science for older people or with the younger people, if it's just feelings and experiences, there is this massive amount of data out there on the internet that allows them to see whether or not when someone praises them, if they're really deserving of that praise or if it's normal or if someone, you know, does the opposite, if it's really deserved or if it's normal. So it really has radically transformed uh, the way individuals respond to both praise and its opposite because it offers context. It offers a, a big picture context that allows them to see whether or not it's deserved. I hear you. Uh, My question to you, though, Jim, is do you think that because sometimes the information on the Internet is is not always correct? For example, um, if we if we start judging people by their physical appearance, we know that that many, many um, photographs are doctored that, um, you know, they can be changed to look better than than that individual truly is, even to look thinner or taller um, or, you know, have more beautiful hair, or clearer skin. Um, I just worry sometimes that the standards that we put ourselves up against on the Internet are are often not fair. What do you think about that? Well, I, I can't I can't agree more that social media and the more corporate parts of the internet feed into that. But there is a lot of real hard data out there, medical data in this case, where let's say you're a couple of pounds overweight or you're a little short or something else, you can go online and you can see, oh, there are so many million people who are in the same category <laughs> I am. I must just not be seeing them. Yeah. And you said you brought up something really that we've talked about a lot on on this show, and that is that people need to keep in mind there's a lot of misinformation out there. So make sure you said it, Jim, make sure that you look at good information sites, uh, real information sites. Go to CDC, the Center for Disease Control, the the National Institute of Health or Mental Health, you can see that if you're feeling anxious, you are certainly not alone. So I I think you're absolutely correct that that's one of those areas that if you look at the right sources, you can be reassured and and perhaps know where you're, you're grounded. So thanks for that call. Okay, guys, we're talking about praise. Um, How much do you need? How good is it for you? And how do you dole it out? Uh, We're going to take a break. We have Whitfield from Clinton on the line. Hang in there, Whitfield. We'll be right back. I want to hear from you. And we have room for others. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We'll be right back.
contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself? Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. We're talking about praise. Um, Based on findings, we know some praise is good, some not so good, and maybe would have the negative effect. So as we move along, we'll talk about how maybe that affects you. And I'd be curious. I'm going to throw out a question for our listeners. Are you one of those people who truly is motivated by praise, or do you find you don't need that? Do you think there's some people who don't need it to be reinforced in their effort? Just a thought. Okay, let's get back to the phones. Whitfield has been very patient from Clinton. Hi, Whitfield. Thanks for calling. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Um, I was just listening as I was driving to measure a job. I'm, I'm a business owner. Uh, and being an only child and being a post-war baby boomer and being born to parents that were a mother that was 41 years old, but there was two people in you know, two parents. I had a father and a mother all my life until they passed away. And I would say the single biggest thing in life uh, is that a parent blessed their child. I mean, they really, I, I don't even know how to explain that. I know it comes because I knew me being an only child. Uh, I had a half-brother 15 years older, so I really was raised as an only child, but mm-hmm. my mom was at home, and they thought I walked on water. They they made me feel like I could accomplish anything I set my mind out to do. Even from driving a nail when I would help my father uh, do some construction work. And I remember I couldn't get a nail, you know, a toe nailed into a stud. And he says, hey, son, you, you do it. You're going to do it. You can do it. And I kept. And, you know, and he'd say, if at first that job was done, never leave it till it's done. Be it great or be it small. Do it well or not at all. Nail that nail. And I nailed it, you know. <laughs> so they, he taught me, my, not only my dad, but my mom, you know, said, you can do. There was so much love toward me that I felt that every day. Now, when my mother bought a pair of pants for me, that I had to go to school in with a shirt that I knew didn't match, but we didn't have a lot. She said, son, if you're just as proud of those clothes as I am of you, you won't care what anybody says. So I, I grew up with a lot of confidence in me of who I am on a daily basis, you know. But it is sad in my type of work, and I've heard mothers, you know, with their child looking at what I'm selling, because I sell things, and, you know, mm-hmm. say, sit down, fool, sit down, you know. Well, then we wonder why if we could look back at that child when he becomes 16 and the influences because he's been called a fool. You know? Yeah. But it's yeah. a very complex thing of praise and blessing, but the greatest gift I was ever given by two people was the fact that I thought I could accomplish anything. And I tried to pass that on to all three of my children. And y'all may know one of them, Robin Whitfield, the artist that saved the swamp up at Shakshima up there. Yeah. Oh, yes. My older daughter in Houston, who owns one of the biggest companies of her kind in the United States, and a son who is 
a consummate uh, tile setter that they fly into Alaska to do these jobs. In other words, love and blessing a child. If you can bless that child and make them believe that they can do anything, they will hurdle the things that are roadblocks and things that are passed to them um, in this life. And I just had to say that, you know, I'm not bragging yeah. about all my family or anything. It's just those two people made me feel like I can do anything, you know? Wow. Wow. Whitfield, I, I tell you, um, you, you pointed out some areas about how much love can can do for a child now you had two parents and you were very lucky to be focused on but it sounds like you grew up with modest means and but they made you they made you able to feel proud of what you had the other thing that they did now they didn't just tell you you could do anything because you were brilliant they told you you gave that example of driving the nail that your dad didn't do it for you he just told you to keep trying and I think to praise the desire to, to be a success, praise the desire to stick to a job until it's done is what, praise the effort, not the intelligence, praise the work effort. So I, if we could remember all that, and you're absolutely right, children model what they um, had modeled to them. You had a fabulous model by your parents, and it sounds like you did a wonderful job with your children. Go ahead. Another thing I'd like to point out in the three children that I reared, we found each one of them's niche. They had a niche. This one was good at that. This one was good at that. And we, you know, we pushed on that, and we, we supported everything that we could about it. And so those children could see us behind them, knowing that, you know, we really believed in you. Do what you seek your dreams and go Florida as hard as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful, Whitfield. And, and you know, it is sad that all children don't have the kind of parents that you did or the kind of parent that you were. But as we've talked about numerous times, it takes a village. It doesn't have to be a parent to give the encouragement. It might be a teacher. It might be a coach. It might be a cow. Uh, scoutmaster. So keep in mind, listeners, you might be that person who can give the praise and, and, and the encouragement um, for others. So um, I think we have another caller. Michelle, can we go to Brandon in Mobile? Hi, Brandon. Um, Thanks for calling. Hi, thank you. Um, you meant we were talking, you were talking earlier about grades, and I was paid for good grades. My my parents were, were able to reward me for good grades with cash. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering what your opinion is um, for cash, for good grades and effort um, as, as a motivator and also as praise. Well, tell me, I'm going to turn this around on you, and then we'll talk about um, that rewards like that and how they motivate um tell me how what did it do for you was it helpful did you find it stressful that when you couldn't earn it talk to us about that i i didn't i i'm fortunate that i was an a student and so the money was just 
it, you know, it was nice to have. I mean, it, it was equivalent to me for money for Christmas, you know, because mm-hmm. I was an A student. It really wasn't that big a deal to earn an A. I'm not trying to be braggart or anything. But um, my son, however, is a, a BC student. And so I, I'm just wondering what um, what that might do for him. Yeah. So you, you're bringing up a great point. If, if, A's, um, if A's are easy, um, did, does it really reinforce um, your, your study effort? Some individuals are very motivated by, by rewards like that. And if it, if it works well, the issue that you just brought up is do you reward for a great effort on your report card and improvement if you have a child who's not an A student? And you can do that. Make sure that whatever the reward is when you're doling out um, an opportunity for a reward, make sure that it's something achievable if the child is working hard. If you know that no matter how hard your child is working, that they're going to make a C in algebra because that's the best that they can do. If that was a good effort and you know they worked hard, you can link it to effort. Do they get their homework done every night? Do they get praise from their teacher? Does the teacher complain about their misbehavior? You can link all those kinds of things as being a good and successful student rather than... um, uh, a letter or our number grade. So um, I think, you know, like, I, like, like you said, and I think a lot of parents do that, and, and that's okay. But to keep in mind when you have more than one child in the home and um, you, one child, all of our children, no matter what we think, everybody not, is not above average <laughs> because then there wouldn't be an average. Um, so to, to make sure that you, you treat them fairly um, uh, for effort and not so much for, for grade. Does that make okay. sense? Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, I have one other question before you hang up. Um, do you feel like you wouldn't have made A's if you wouldn't have gotten the reward? Uh, uh, no. no. <laughs> With the exception of maybe one or two classes that I really had to struggle to get the A. But yeah. I, I guess the A was my own reward. I I don't know that I necessarily needed an external motivator. Motivator, right. Right. Well, thanks for calling. That was, a, a, I think, a, a good way for us to talk about making sure that if you're rewarding in the home or praising that you, you give appropriate praise for appropriate skill set and effort and that you don't hurt another child's self-esteem because their aptitude isn't quite um, what perhaps the other one is. All right. We're going to go to our final break we've got some open lines and i think roger from florence um somehow got cut off roger call back if you have something you want to add um we still have those open lines you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's 877-672-7464 you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org this is relatively speaking we're talking about praise we'll be right back
On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with producer Michelle McAdoo, and we're talking about praise. We've had some great callers, and we're going to go right on back to the phones. Uh, We have Derek from Atlanta who has called. Hi, Derek. Thanks for calling. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Uh, Love the conversation. I had a question about uh, praise in the office place. So I'm part of a sales team, and anytime somebody sells something on our team, a a mass email or a text thread goes out saying, you know, congratulations, ring the bell, and it triggers everybody in the office to want to reply with congrats, way to go, and for the most part, it kind of seems like hollow praise. Uh, mm-hmm. and my, my, I feel like most people do this only because if they don't respond to that email, they're seen as not being a team player. I'm wondering, is there a better way that, you know, praise could be sent out to everybody when they do sell something like that? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. You know, there's been some research that truly has looked at that kind of praise in the workplace. And it seems that Um, If it's repeated and the same, because you're talking about it's the same kind of praise that happens every time and it happens for sale and everybody jumps in. Um, the, The truth seems to be from researchers is that that's not as effective. And 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 after a while, it it sort of falls flat. And so it's better. Um. It's fine to praise in front of others, but to to be specific about the praise, um, to to not to to mix it up a little bit, um, and also it seems that better praise in the workplace is when your boss or you as a supervisor or somebody um, on your team looks you in the eye and says specifically what you did was. I mean, it's your job to sell. So, um, you know, perhaps um, you treated that customer beautifully who, who, who perhaps was getting ready to walk away. I saw the way you were able to get them to come back and really see the value of what you were trying to sell. So that I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think your, your boss, your manager was trying to do something to reinforce sales but it'd probably be better to make a change and mix it up a bit. That would be my my advice. Thank you very much. I hope that, yeah, I hope that helped. Um, okay, our last caller, I think we've got a minute or two, Roger. Um, hi, Roger, thanks for calling back. Let's see, you're from Florence. Thanks for calling. Tell us what your thank, thoughts are. Thank you for your program. The last caller hit one of the items that I wanted to emphasize and I was thinking of a phrase called targeted praise, which 
just, oh, you're so beautiful, you know, you're so talented, go do a good job, and you've done so wonderful. That's not targeted, and that, I think you used the right words, it, it may, with employees, anyway, and I think with children, it gets so that it doesn't, it's not heard, it's not effective, it's not, of course, that's just good parenting, and we don't uh, get a parenting book when the baby's born, and so it all that's a problem of of parenting. We need to teach this stuff in the fourth grade, though. Fourth graders, a lot of them are going to become parents, so we need to teach that early on. I was brought up just simply, well, not just simply, but being frequently told, do your best, and we will support yep. you, and we'll help you do your best. Now, in my particular case, my <laughs> again, as so many of your callers have said, I, I I'm not, don't mean to sound a braggart, but my best was pretty darn good. And so, it but it took a lot of effort, and to do yeah. my best was a was a almost a substance. So I I grew up kind of wearing that as a burden to do my best because do my best meant I have to. I mean, I got up at five thirty every morning to deliver papers, so I had to stay up till twelve thirty to finish something because I needed to do my best. <laughs> that was a problem. So that's Roger, you summed it up so beautifully for us. So targeted praise, be specific when you're giving praise, no matter where, and also do your best. Encourage an individual, your child, your work person, your spouse to do their best. And if they're doing their best, that's all you can ask for. Well, once again, I want to thank our listeners and thanks so much to all of our callers. You are awesome. If you'd like to hear this show again or any past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Just search Southern Remedy Relatively Speaking and you'll find it. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio and engineered by Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. So now stay tuned for NPR's Here Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.